Hey. That's pretty, uh, late. You know, I was thinking of all the guys in my life and how I, uh, Kinda didn't really think about some of them. And how things were transpiring. My first love. He was. my first love crazy how it was actually it was easy at first but then it was really really emotionally charged And we got into a lot of, I don't know, fights about jealousy. Insecurity. You know, that kind of stuff. And all of my friends in my dorm were like, what is the deal with this? And it got physical. At one point. And then my friends were like, no. We're not going to watch this anymore. Thank you. No. And it would be out. And I don't think I didn't sleep around in college. I dated a boy when I first went off. My first sexual experience was with him kid going into the marines and I lost my virginity and at my grandmother's house when she was away and I remember crying afterwards thinking that was it like that was the special experience And I think I heard from him once after that. And then he went away. To the Marines. (laughs) And I thought, that's awesome. It's really awesome. 
I uh, didn't really have much in between that other than going off to college and learning how to have fun and party. Took a lot of classes in communications and literature. I wanted to be an English teacher. And I wanted to teach kids. I always got along with kids. Kids always kind of like gravitated towards me. And it wasn't really until my own sister's experience with children that I came home from college because my mother didn't know what to do. save the day again I'll be here for my sister so I left college and I frankly I was not doing too well in college because of all the partying and I found my way back in my hometown looking for work and got a job at a bank. I was kind of treated like a douche. But I looked good. (laughs) Had fun. And, you know, nearly lost my illustrious, wonderful, amazing career, you know, by hanging out, hanging out and going out after work to listen to some live music. A run-in while friends urinated on a federal courthouse. My whole life flashed before me. I thought, uh, yeah, no. End of this ridiculousness. And that was that for a while. And I hadn't had a boyfriend for so long. And wound up meeting this guy who was a mountain biker. And we liked mountain biking. 
and had a really good time together, really got along well. But it was funny how, like, weird stuff started happening after really was and then I came to Boston I said goodbye to him and there it was over and onwards to a pretty good career run very intense very motivated and it was Very independent. One of the best times of my life where I just felt great. And you know when you're feeling good, that's when you meet him. I'm like, oh, you're out of like, a magazine. It was like, I'm really comfortable with you, and I really like being around you. How? Oh. Step back. Two people before him. One. The dude with like. No aspirations. Nothing. Other than going to art museums. And. Kind of just telling me like. Nothing that I wanted to hear. Other than he'll let me go down on you. Like, it was, it was a win-win. A win-win for a little while. And, ha, the motorcycle dude. The motorcycle dude. He didn't go to work because he had a headache every day. And he was cool to hang out with and rip butts with. And that was about it. There was no intellectual 
connection there either. So, you know, when you're finally in your mode and you're shooting on all of them and, you know, people can attest to this. So when you find them, right? kind of go to Paris I remember when I met him uh, within a month I was planning a trip to London and we stayed we got a newspaper taxi stayed we stayed at the Blondford Hotel and we show up and it was like a scene out of all scenes you know like you know green avocado bedspread and a guy at the door. I think well, he had a class eye. And it was our first trip together. And we were like, where are we going? What are we doing? And next thing you know, he's like, um, we're going to go check out another hotel. In that hotel wound up being the bomb and I saw London pretty quick theater and art and food and touring We tend to have issues with the intimacy part. And that, up until then, was never an issue for me. And it kind of freaked me out. Like, what the heck? is this all about? And I chalked it up to just, I don't know, maybe an experience. And I thought it was actually pretty acceptable. Because, you know, you're thinking, like, I'm pretty good at this. I can get him to do anything. It'll be an experience. He's so nice. And he's so safe. And it's so easy. 
This part's nothing. We would just go anywhere and every do everything. Drop. Never was unfaithful either. For a very, very, very long time. I, uh... Loved cooking and had all the appliances. <laughs> Every cooking thing I could imagine, I loved. I'd make smoothies and breakfast on Sundays. And I think we took our time. love going to the pool the pool was awesome we had a great time at the pool <laughs> went snorkeling <sighs> and then I got engaged with a ring and it was like whoop 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 and you know I don't know the stress of it all before and after We went to St. Tom, uh, St. Lucia. You know, us girls, we have this vision. We have this vision that you know, It's all going to be this romantic, amazing experience with the chemistry and stuff. And you always have this, I don't know, I've always had this vision that it was going to be this romantic idea of a situation where you're so beautiful you're everything I want And when it's not like that, we're just kind of, we're so conditioned to kind of be that way, I think, with all of our technology and our movies and our music. 
we're really kind of, I don't know, programmed. We're programmed to want that romance and that. And I mean, unless you're, I don't think we grow up thinking that men are just come with that gene, right? And so when we have this ideal of, I don't know, an intimate, emotionally connected, really intense relationship with somebody that has all-encompassing love, we equate it to the person we're going to wind up having babies with, you know? And so I think we build ourselves up to think that that's our birthright, maybe. I don't know. And I think women, we tend to eliminate that from our lives because we don't we don't you know we can't ask to be the like romantic you know I always get accused of being the man always I have friends who are like you act like such a man sometimes I'm like yes cause Sometimes the man's not acting like a man. And so I think we just get this, you know, really, really trumped up ideal in our head that romance and love are and lust and uh, all this stuff are gonna just magically happen because we're married, you know? We didn't have any real issues. It was just I was unhappy with the fact that we couldn't figure certain things out. And so, I experienced quite a bit when my sister passed away. away after about a year of struggling with heart disease at 39 
Yeah. And I think there's reasons why... Morning. For the loss of someone that you love. And... Being unhappy. In a marriage. Without... Intimacy causes you to redirect and reevaluate your life. Because you're standing there looking down the barrel of your own life. And you have a child. And. Friends in your life start popping up to introduce you into another realm. Another realm of thinking and spiritual development. that spiritual development really started taking off not that I hadn't had a good base or a base but um, I didn't have a consistent base and I think that that has a lot to do with it And I look around and I see people who never had a consistent base either outside of their daily interaction with book that is pretty amazing that I've read a lot of and I haven't memorized it but going through the experience of loss and grief and all that there's a reason why you're not supposed to be dealing with the death of a beautiful sister who was a mother um, at that age and the fractality of that and the ancestral history of that um, whew, was enough of a reason to want to 
find a path to healing and self-discovery. And discovery was... All I had to do was ask... For the love of my life to appear. Appear, please, appear. I remember asking in the rain. And it was like, boom. Here you go. And it really was like looking at myself. That's why it was so difficult to kind of turn away from it. Because this was me standing right in front of me. And a pretty good looking version of me, I might have to say. And just You know that side of yourself that you're just, you wish you were all the time? That was him. That side you wish you could be all the time. And it was, you know, when you're standing there looking at someone and it looks like you're looking in the mirror at, like, your whole person, like, 20 years beforehand, you're like, whoa. But that is not. I can't do that. That's stupid. That is silliness. Oh, but let me. Let me sell my ring. And let me help you out. Because I don't really care if you stay in my life. I'm just so happy you saved me from this, like, horribly insecure situation I was in. And my grief-induced... scenario where I just walked away from a family like some dumbass hoe because I was looking down the barrel of my own gun and hadn't felt like a woman 
in, I don't know, six years. When you have a kid, your body kind of doesn't stay the same. And I was not able to ever get it off in the way that I had wanted. And so when I started back up to work again and all the male camaraderie you know started and it started making me feel like you know making sure my hair and makeup and my outfits were done the weight just came right off It came right off. And, you know, it was easy to be attractive when you're feeling good. And I think we, all of us, have gotten to that place where we wanted to be hot. We want to be desired. But for like 10 minutes, here I was standing there, acting like the most desperate clown on the universe. Give it a money. Acted like a real, real skank. Just handing over my money like you <laughs> meant nothing. Oh, but you'll call me again and we'll have... We'll have fun. Not so much, though, did we? So that turned into quite the experience. And I think that when you're in a divorce, or you've been talking about a divorce for a really long time, you can get very insecure and when you're insecure you're really not aiding society too much you're the you're the scourge and you're not viable We all have this tendency to manifest 
We manifest the things that we feel about ourselves. And I'm not saying this experience was... totally negative because I think that looking at it I was so excited over the fact that it was bringing me closer to realizing many many things and as it was happening I was very aware of what was going on and why this was happening and how it was happening was very much tied to every book that I was reading and to me that was pretty cool. A huge, huge wave. A huge wave came and just rolled up over me. And it it was overwhelming and exciting and I just knew that this was for the biggest reason I've ever experienced in my whole life and you know when you're talking about this to your friends and family. They're like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. It, um... Had to end in a way that was perfectly aligned with realizing the why. why everything happens and how everything happens the way it does. And seeing how 
precious life is and how every player in the story contributes to that It's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Now. Going through the terms and the conditions and the expectations and the requirements that we put on ourselves and each other in this life. Some of us get it, some of us don't. And I get it. It doesn't mean I've been able to meet them all. And I'm not perfect. I'm being perfected. And I'm trying. Because I don't want to not be here. I don't want to take away what is me from this life and go out. But I'm not afraid. I know I probably should be, but having had the experience that I've had, you know, two Easter's ago, where that loving feeling of I don't want to do this anymore. And maybe today could be my last. Moment. Of. Existing on this planet. And writing a letter. To my kid. Saying hey I love you.
Yeah. Because that feeling of just never getting to go beyond that place in your mind, that love, love is the only, 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 only thing we need on this earth. And when it's not coming in the form we want it in or need it in, we're putting it on other people to provide that. And when you put it on to God, which really is that inner voice in your mind, Love can do some pretty great things. And all of these experiences throughout a lifetime with different people, it's the way you package it up in your mind and realize wow, we're all human beings we've all experienced some level of introduction of shit into our life whether it be from our parents or our sister or our brothers or our aunts or uncles or anyone that has had a hand in our life to say no you're not good enough And it's that capacity for yourself to say, yeah, I am. Yes, I am. And yes, I haven't followed along on your timetable. But I'm doing everything I can to become educated, to become aware, to see, to hear, and to know before I sign things over. Trust and verify and move in a way that is consistent with the way in which I am motivated to speak.
when you can start hearing without actually any sound vibration is when you know things have gotten quite serious in your life. And all of these things that we have here we're lucky. We are lucky to have what we have here. And to have the people in our lives that we have. And have had the experiences, really, that we've had. Regardless. Of the... Interjection of other people's negative opinion, you know, you're not really that person. You had been, you were that in a moment of time and of weakness, and you're stronger, you're getting better, you are learning the rules. You are learning how it works. I don't think prior to this anybody walks through life being a jerk. Or treating people with disdain. I'm assuming some other people would, you know, think that I walked around carrying a big swinging stick just because I have a truck driver mouth. But that's not me. And the people who really know me know that that's the case. Except for my own kids sometimes. Where, you know, we just don't see the same things. And, I mean, that makes sense because I'm like 48 and he's 10. But when you come into knowing this information and you know what you know what you know. Oh. You want to make sure your kid knows this stuff. Routine scheduling. Commitment. Honor, loyalty, respect, trust, honesty, commitment. You can't go through life constantly crapping on those things. 
And for the most part, the only person that I did that with was myself. From time to time. And when you do that to yourself, it affects everybody else around you. So the experience of narcissistic patterns and behavior is that I love you, but you don't love me. And the the cycle of internal junk that we can find ourselves in when contributing factors, loss of a job, loss of your health care, loss of security, loss of your home, loss of your child, loss of a loved one. They're all contributing factors to insecurity. And when, as a woman, all you need is to be hugged and loved and appreciated. And I think that when you sit down at the end of the day and you look around and you see the field and you see what's going on and you see way people are walking through life, They don't have enough love in the form in which they need it. There's languages of love. We all have a language of love. And I don't think many of us, I know I do, because I come from the the planet of love. So I know what language people speak for the most part, but that doesn't mean I sync up to that either on a continual basis, which is why I didn't wind up marrying, you know, a Scorpio or someone else. We marry who we marry because that's the plan. It makes sense, right? And we meet who we meet because that's also right. And I think when we are, you know, honest with ourselves, let's be honest. You piece of shit? No. No, you know, I'm not. You go through these things in life and watching, being alone. Having not a lot of family left. 
and then getting this blessing out of nowhere and getting to spend a few weeks with my dad and realizing you know what he may not be whatever anybody else expects him he that he should be but he's pretty awesome He's pretty awesome. He went and made a decision that was based on his own chemistry. And I think he was pretty upset with my mom for doing what she did. Which is exactly what I did. And if you want to change your hereditary pattern, your ancestral pattern, start looking at that now. Because... If you want to change the pattern, it makes sense to do it now and not wait until it's too late. Because right now I am working on every cylinder I have. And I'm not a lazy bitch, and I do not show up to work late. (laughs) But I showed up to this party late, and trying to catch up to figure out how to right the ship. I love you.